it's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. I want to follow up on Wednesday's show when we announced the book club and the first book that we're going to read. Yes. The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Everybody go and read it. We're going to discuss it in a few weeks. Um, And you had mentioned that you felt like when you were reading the book, it was really helping you to inform your parenting decisions and the um, intentional ways that you were teaching your kids some skills of resilience and gratitude and just bigger thinking. Right. And that made me uh, want to share with our audience something that I recommend. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... It's called The Big Life Journal. And this is a journal for kids... And um, there are several iterations of it now for little kids, teenagers, you know, middle school. And it's all about growth mindset. And so it's a journal that you can do with your kids. In fact, my I, ha- I just recently bought the one for teens for my teenager and the one for kids for my little one. And in the one for kids, it even recommends having a journal buddy who would be like a grown-up in your life or a, a mentor of some type. That's fun. Yeah. And so you're going through these exercises together. And, of course, when I first got it years ago for my older son when he was younger, I had this idea that, like, we're going to every week we're going to do an exercise mm-hmm. together and it's going to be so wonderful and I'm going to raise the most emotionally intelligent child <laughs> ever. Of course. Um, it's – I don't even know where that book is right now. Right. But – you know what? I'm going to try it again. I, they just came in, and um, and I really do recommend it because they're awesome. So Big Life Journal, I'll put the link in the show notes. Big Life Journal. I've seen some of those online journaling things like where the, they will send you a prompt weekly, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to write, like, you know, for, like, older people. I wonder yeah. if they have a kid's version that's an online, too. But oh, I, I'm sure they do. I really like that. I, th- I do think that's nice. Um, my uh, son has the... Um, you know those books, um, who was, and then oh yeah, and mm-hmm. the, you know, or what was, and yeah. the, you know those books. Um, they have one that's who was, and then it's blank, and you're supposed to write your own story. Oh, I love that. Yeah, uh, there's no story in mine right now, but my son has a copy of this that I bought him. I think last Christmas, maybe Christmas of I don't know, eighteen. I don't know, but um, I saw it the other day, and I was like, "Why aren't we doing that?" That yeah. seems really fun, you know. So, who was Ryan? You know, right. and I think that's really cute. That's cool. I like that. I love the who what the who was books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who were books. I mean, sometimes it's, it's was, sometimes it's past tense. Sometimes they're still alive, and it's who is right. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Well, there's also the who was show. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We watched that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's episodes on Netflix. Well, you know, the Big Life Journal is making a comeback at my house. I've I've got new versions of it. It's they're still sitting on the counter in the kitchen, but I have presented it to both of my children and said, "Look, I got these for you. We're going to do this for real this time." And if they do it, they will look back on it fondly. It's always fun for me when I find something that I did when I was younger. Um I got rid of a lot of it, honestly, and, and I regret it. I do. I remember when I was in late college and I was getting ready to move to Florida and get married and everything. And I had all my, I, I had a locker, like a locker you would have in junior high school. Mm-hmm. And it was actually from my junior high school. And my dad had cool. bought it for me and put it in my bedroom. Cool. Um, yeah. They, my junior high school moved. So they closed oh. down the like hundred year old building. <sighs> And they moved us out to a brand new school, and he bought me my locker. Awesome. Actually, I still have it. My son has it. Um, And all the phone numbers of my friends are written on the outside of it. Oh, my gosh. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I love that. But inside that locker were all of my diaries. Mm. And when I was in late college, I found that very embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I... And I burned them. <gasps> and my dad was like, do not burn these. He's like, you're burning up your memories. You're burning up. And I was like, dad, I don't I don't want this. It's embarrassing. And my dad was right. I burned up my memories. So when I find something now, like I found um, maybe six months ago, I found a little folder where I had written down um, what kind of partner I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was 14 when I wrote this. What did you want when you were 14? When I was 14, I... I uh, there were also... I'm, I'm going to have to find it and bring it in here because it would be very fun for us to look at. Um, one of the things I do recall on there was that I will have a cat and he will be nice to my cat and he will love my cat even if he's allergic to my cat. That's fair. And um, that still holds very <laughs> right, true today. Yeah. If you're coming into my house and my life, you better... Love Linus and Lucy. Yeah. So I don't think when I was that age I even had cats, but apparently it was, I knew. I knew. I used to do a lot of writing as a kid, and I did have a diary and a journal, which I, I felt was very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, in school, I had a teacher who would make us keep a journal, and I would just fill it with lies. Like, I, <laughs> I felt like you, like, like I come here for school, you don't need to know about me. Like, because she would read it, so yeah, I would fill it with lies too. Yeah, I mean, I you would... don't need to know me, right? Shh. I was like, it's none of your business what I do when I'm not here. You just you're supposed to teach me stuff, and I, had... I would lie. I mean, I and she, I think she believed it until she had a conference with my parents. That's hilarious. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. None of that stuff happens in her life. That's amazing. But, I love that you did that. <laughs> I had a seventh grade teacher who she, we had to keep journals too, um, but she didn't read them. But um, we had, a, it was a whole big thing about um, we were supposed to do this fiction writing thing mm-hmm. and we had to read them in front of the class. We <gasps> had to share, like you had to share your work and we were allowed to use swear words wow. in our fiction. And Seventh graders who are allowed to use swear words in their fiction. There was a lot of mafia stories. <laughs> there were a lot of, like anything that you could work a bad word into because then we had to read them wow. aloud. And I remember my friend Mike, Mike Miller. 
He was a cool freaking kid. He's awesome. He's, I mean, he's an adult. He's 40 years old now. But um, <laughs> Mike wrote this story. It was all about gangsters and mafia. And he would read it so proudly aloud because he could just cuss a blue streak. And it was amazing. And I hope that Mike remembers that. I'm going to send Mike a Facebook message. That's funny. <laughs> I wrote a lot of fiction. Um, and then, of course, I would throw it away. And as an adult, I learned that my mom went behind me and took it out of the trash. <gasps> she did. And she saved it and gave it to me sometimes, and i have it sometimes my kids get embarrassed by stuff they wrote and they like tuck it into the trash can yeah and I, go, mm-hmm. I go get it too yeah they'll be that. glad they'll be glad one day when if you give it back to them and um and they can read what they wrote um it's so cute it is and i'm i'm very thankful that she did that yeah um and and that she saved it and gave it to me well so I enjoy thinking about um, things that we did when we were younger that maybe we're ashamed of or we're embarrassed by or we feel was an expression of our um, naive ways. And then, you know, growing and, and growing through that into another area of life and having those past experiences inform our future mm-hmm. or our present. And I especially thought about that when I read this headline. I read this and I immediately knew um, I wanted to share this story. Humpback whales have made a comeback in New York City. Humpback comeback? I <laughs> hump, Humpback comeback. <laughs> a whale sighting in New York would have been almost unimaginable a few years ago, but... The city is welcoming back whales. I would never think about whales in yeah. New York City. I think that would be wild. Yeah, I thought so too. But apparently they used to be there. And um, now New York City is seeing a surge in whale sightings this year in the Hudson River. Ew. Which is a lot cleaner <laughs> than it used to be. Well, yeah. I mean, is it is it a COVID thing? Is it a people aren't out doing the things? I think or, that's part of it. Yeah. Or is it a concerted cleanup effort i think it's probably a combination of those things Mm -hmm. you know where they've been working on cleaning up the river for a while and then covid has also had you know one of the the plus sides Mm -hmm. is some environmental relaxing Mm -hmm. you know since we haven't been taxing our environment as much with pollution but now uh, whales and other marine mammals are interacting with traffic in the river and in the um, harbor and um, in 2011, three whales were spotted. This year, more than 300. Really? Like, that's a huge 300 whales in the Hudson? Well, or it wow. says, yeah, in the Big Apple area. Whoa, that's crazy. I think so, too. And I'm excited for the whales. I, th- I hope they're having fun. <laughs> and when I read... You think they get in there and they're like, what is this shit? <laughs> like... <laughs> What is going down up in here? Call Jonathan. He's got to know. <laughs> right. Jonathan, get him, get him Jonathan over here. the tortoise can inform. <laughs> you think they get into the Hudson and they're finding stuff in the Hudson that, I mean, I mean I've mean, i always heard there's a lot to find in the Hudson. I'm the, sure there you is. You think there's like, hmm. <laughs> so the whales made a comeback. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about... Um, what I wanted to talk about in the grab bag. What? What did they come up with now? Ew! Not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Have you ever come back from the brink stronger than before? Oh, God, yes. 
<laughs> we all have. We've all had those experiences where we've made a comeback. And I started thinking about times when we root for the underdog, we we cheer for who we know we can be. We think about people who we thought had lost it or they thought they had lost everything and then they rebuilt it. And I I wanted to to read more about great comebacks. People who who thought they were done and they rose up and went back at it. Sometimes I just love what you bring. I love this. Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) This is good. This is really, really good. I like talking about comebacks. And I have been a Cleveland Browns fan my entire life. So I, you know, I know about rooting for the underdog. Oh, my gosh. I grew up a Saints fan. Right. (laughs) The Browns have their first 4-1 season, I think, maybe in, like, a in my life, you know, like the, 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 like so far that they've won four out of five games. I, I don't know the last time it happened. It was a little long time ago, though. I'm going to maybe end up looking it up. But yeah, so I always root for an underdog. I think it's kind of ingrained in us to do so. I love it. I always do. Whenever I'm watching football with my little one and he asks who we're cheering for, I always look to see who's losing. <laughs> That's who we want to <laughs> That's win. That's who we're cheering for. Cheering for sports. I read um, about Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He was arrested multiple times in the 90s. You know, he was my um, free pass for many years. Oh, really? <laughs> He's a good-looking man. Yep. I hope he would like your cats. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure he sure would. Yeah. You know, and and he has um, he has come back from a lot. Yes. And I remember ha- thinking about his comeback with a little bit of judgy scorn really of he's you know he i had like my brain had this this attitude of he doesn't deserve really yeah you were judgy i was judgy you know we're going to to talk about that when we get into the book club gifts of imperfection because sometimes it's easier to judge others when we are living in our own shame well you know i i can see that now Mm -hmm. because i i felt like oh it's easy for him because he's a movie star he's got so many resources available to him you know so i'm sure you know it's easy for him to come out of rehab and it's kind of easy for him to be forgiven for these things and i was i was resentful of his comeback and i i remember feeling uncomfortable about the fact that i felt that way and feeling kind of ashamed that i felt that way because it wasn't very charitable of me and it wasn't very supportive but I did feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why. Like, what was it that I felt he had to prove to us somehow before he could be happy and successful again? Well, I mean, it's a different parallel. But a few weeks ago, I lost my mind over this guy's dick pic and the fact that everybody was being nice to him. Like, it made me really mad. I didn't feel like, let's be nice to him. I felt like, no, let's be super, super nasty to him because he did something really stupid. And I wanted to shame him instead of be nice. I think it's a perfect parallel Mm because that's kind of the same way that I was feeling about Robert Downey Jr. Like, Mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. We're all going to celebrate that he's back after he did so many horrible things. Well, now I feel differently. Yeah. (laughs) Britney Spears. 
Britney. You know, and some people still love to hate Britney. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but yeah, she she really came back in a big way. I mean, she had a total breakdown. You know, and I think sometimes, I don't know, um, when you've experienced something yourself that's similar you can have a lot more empathy and you can and you can do a lot better you know so i think that you know it's all about perspective right and it's all about being able to say yeah well i've done some things that Mm -hmm. certainly nobody would be excited you know to to decree and you you do think about you do think about that a lot you think you know well People may still judge me for things that they knew about me at a different time in my life. People may be like, yeah, I remember her. She, you know, she did this and this and this, you know. People might not want to let their kid play with my kid or something because they think that I'm a certain kind of way. And they don't really know anything about it, you know. But So I think it's easy to judge other people and to be nasty and to carry that around. I saw a meme that was, which stage of Britney are you today? Oh, I and like, it's like that one. all the pictures. And the end one's like her just smashing the hell out of a car uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, I like that one. I saw that one, and looking through those pictures, my brain said, wow, she's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you see her now, and she's just like, I, maybe it is getting older and just having more empathy for the journey that people take in their lives. And now she... I'm really happy that she's doing so well. Yeah. You know, and it. I think I did have some empathy with her, and I can absolutely relate to wanting to shave your head and bash a car. With <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think, like, uh, um, Demi Lovato's a good story of that. You know, she... She sang this song, this anyone song, right? She sang this freaking song, and all the people in her life just recorded it and were like, cool. Like, and she's in the middle of a breakdown, and then she overdosed, and she, like, nobody stepped up and was there for her. And now she's come back, and she's such an advocate, and she's such, like, like, now she's a role model for recovery and, you know, what it is to come back strong. And gosh, you gotta, be pleased for people in that if you're not i mean what kind of monster are you exactly exactly well you know i think it all goes right back to that feeling of you know embracing imperfection and Mm -hmm. being being confident enough with your ability to put the pieces back together that you can admit i didn't have it all together in fact i screwed it up pretty bad Mm -hmm. but i'm not willing to give up on myself and i'm going to put it back together in a different way and keep living yeah and I think that takes a lot of courage. It takes so much bravery. Yeah, you know? it really, really does. And you know, just uh, and then to step up and say, "Yeah, I did those things," and I and I will say that that was the way that I lived, and I can own that part of my story, and I can, you know, sit with that, and I just know that that's not my story anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the stories that we wrote and threw in the trash, <laughs> and our mom went and got out. You know, it's like that was a version of us that yeah, that, that I lit on fire, part. right? <laughs> that I that I didn't need to light on fire because there's no shame in who you were. No. I mean, like you not you don't do everything perfect. No. We're not perfect. Martha Stewart, yeah, went from business mogul to prison and now is hosting a TV show with Snoop Dogg. And, I mean. She came out badass from that. Like, remember how, like, Martha Stewart was, like, 
boring and whatever. And now she's funny. Uh, she, she's, she's like, I don't care anymore. I think that's one of my favorite comebacks because I was not a big Martha fan. Like I felt like she was just stuffy. And she I, was so perfect. Exactly. Right? She was promoting. Yeah, it was this annoyingly. Image of, Look at me make my you know feather Christmas trees and you know with the glue hot glue gun and whatever. And you know she had all her perfect little and I baked this and I did this and you know and it's all beautiful, isn't it? You know. And now she's like, hey Snoop. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love Martha Stewart now. I like the new and imp- I don't know if she would call herself new and improved. She's just a different more chapter of Martha Stewart. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more she's being authentic. more authentic. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I just remember thinking, I don't get what people like about this woman. She is boring as hell. And I don't I think she's being I don't fake. think you can call her boring anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I like her now. Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. Making movies, doing stand-up after walking away from his show. Mm-hmm. I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and I think that... I think when people come back with that attitude of, I don't care anymore. And I don't mean that they don't, like, they, they care more. Like, when you yes. come back with that attitude of, whatever, this is me, you actually care more. I think you're able to give more to other people because you don't care what they think. Thing. Yeah, you care. You care about who you are. Yeah, you know, and you care about showing people who you really are. And I think that I don't care attitude is so appealing, and it's that you actually care way more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's you're just a more real person. You know, and so and you're not afraid of who you are anymore. That's what it is. It's a I'm not afraid of who I am anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's really what it is, is when especially so many of these people who came to fame early in life mm-hmm. and then it kind of all imploded and then they rebuilt it back and that in that process, you get to know yourself mm-hmm. and you you have to go through, you know, kind of a new way of self-discovery. I think that uh, Taylor Swift is a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Like she, you know, she's making all these albums and she was so fixated on being perfect and being the perfect little country singer and, you know, prim and proper and nice and everything. And when she came out with that Reputation album, she was like, okay, yeah. all right, Kanye, you want to come at me? And you know what I mean? And, and, and I like that she is like, guess what? I got to grow up, too, and I got to figure out my way, and you guys were a bunch of bitches to me, and I don't have to be your friend, and I'm just going to make really cool music and make people, you know, like, people will decide where they want to where they want to be. I mean, she is one of the biggest pop superstars in history, you know? And I, um, I think that all of those people have some things in common um, there, and, you know, when I started thinking about this concept of... What, how do you make a comeback? How do you do that? Because not everybody does. You know, some people implode and they stay that way. Exactly. But then there are others who have a, they, they rekindle some type of ember inside of them Mm -hmm. and they cultivate that and they, they feed that and they allow it to grow into a flame and then they're back. Mm -hmm. And, and I was curious about what, qualities those people have and then what intentional things those people do to create that process. Some of the research in our book that we're reading, The Gifts of Imperfection, um, talk about this as well. How ironic. How ironic. (laughs) Our shows always work this way. It's funny how our brains link up together (laughs) that way. 
Well, so, of course, one thing that you want to do is look at yourself in the eye and make a peace with who you are and be okay with being a flawed person. Right. You know, and, and acknowledging that everyone is. That there is nobody who who is not flawed. There are just some who are not as willing to talk about it as others are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the first steps. I think that you're absolutely right. And I think, I mean, we've talked about on this show before and in our friendship as well before that um, openness and honesty begets openness and honesty. Mm-hmm. So the more real you are and the more um, you're willing to share your story, the more stories you will get the privilege of hearing. Not everybody deserves to hear your story, quite That's frankly, true. because when when people... Um, you know they have to they have to respect your story and they have to be at an at an open place of non-judgment but when you give that to someone they are more likely to be open with you in return and you're going to have more honest exchange you're going to have more like you you don't feel so alone it mm-hmm. takes away that feeling of i'm the only one you know it, it it takes that away and it makes it like huh you too huh yeah you know and yeah that's a powerful thing it is that sense of camaraderie can also kind of help shore you up and give you the bravery to take the next step Mm -hmm. out, which I think is deciding that you want something better and being able to imagine what that could be. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't necessarily have to have the whole picture of how you want the how you want to live your life. But but I, I think that you have to have some type of an idea of what would be better than this Mm -hmm. and just working towards that. Right. Um, one way that I um, have heard people talk about that is the idea of um, stacking, stacking, stacking your habits and, um, you know, just kind of mastering one one next step. And then once you've gotten to where you feel comfortable with one element of change, like a baby step, mm-hmm. then then stack something on top of that oh. and stack something mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people will will visualize it as stair steps. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And and I like that visual because it's progressive. It's forward motion. It's forward yeah. motion. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Upward, forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas simply stacking, I could see being a wall. Mm-hmm. I don't want to build a wall. I want to build a stairway mm-hmm. to something different. Um, I think also knowing your limits and, and being being able to identify what led to the implosion last time. How can I learn from that and and um, plan for it in the future? Knowing what my tendencies are and then creating safeguards for myself so that I don't mm-hmm. fall victim to them again. Yeah, and I think a lot of times those safeguards are those safe people. You know, those people that you're like, okay, you know, with this kind of thing, I can go to that person and I can trust them. You know, I think just having that community and building that community, you know, of people that you really, truly trust makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. I hope that 2020 is going to make a comeback. I hope we're going to end this year stronger than we got this year. 
I do feel some momentum. Like my my kids said the other day, they're like, "What month was the mer- worst month of the year?" And we decided that <laughs> April was the worst. Really? Um, yeah, because like March, everything went crazy, and that's mm-hmm. when everything blew up. But then in April, we tried to figure out virtual school, and like life was totally upside down. And there was no like they were like April was was the bogus. April was the low point. And I'm like, well, then that means if April was the low point, we must be on an upswing. I agree. You know? I agree. I think that I think they're right. I think that April is when it, the reality of COVID hit us and we realized this is not going to be two weeks. This is going to be a thing that we have to deal with. Um, but we still have to live here. Like right. we have to make this work. I think were you to listen to our April shows, you would agree that April <laughs> yeah. was the low point. We I were think struggling. there were a few shows where we were like, hey, guys, we're, we're still alive and you're still alive. And let's just let's just cry about it. OK, yeah, like, I totally we, remember those we, shows. We were, and there was nothing. Uh, we were being authentic. We were totally authentic. How else can you We've be? come back. This show has had a comeback <laughs> since April. We were in dark days, Heather. We are out of the dark days. We Ooh, are. Can I interject as I, as I think about the fact that we're out of the dark days? We have two really exciting shows coming we do. up. Guys, the next two shows that you hear next week are shows number 99 and 100. 100? 100. Heather, will you tell them about the 99th show? The 99th show is going to be super fun. We're going to have a special guest. Um, we're going to have, we're going to have two special guests. One will be alive and one will not be alive. Ooh. (laughs) And then we are going to be, um, that sounds really intriguing. Good job. (laughs) And, um, and then we are going to be putting the cap on the first 99 episodes and getting ready for our big 100th extravaganza. And you guys, the 100th episode is going to be lit. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have Deep Voice Guy here. Woo-hoo. We're going to have Brian here and he's going to try to re-earn his title of Hot Brian. <laughs> I'm going to put him through the paces. We're going to do some it's work. It's going to be his comeback. Um, he's going to try. <laughs> um, we're going to have uh, producer John we're going to have Greg is going to be here. It is going we're going to have contests and um races and games and uh, we're going to try to figure fun. out how to make it all fit for audio. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be tremendous guys. So, yeah, um come back. No more April moping around. Oh we, no. The, the next two shows are going to be just a, a wild like a wild animal fest. I had a zoo and I'm going to try to keep making yeah. it a zoo here as often as I can. Well, and I want to invite everybody to think about if there is a spot in your life where you are ready for a comeback, this is your moment. This is it. Take that stuff out of the trash. Keep the stuff that's working. Think about how you have, uh, how you can continue to set yourself up for success. Reach out to your network. Forgive yourself for stuff that happened in the past and move forward forward knowing that you have got every single thing that you need to be successful and root for the cleveland browns (laughs) go browns (laughs) and before we head out for um the next part of our comeback i want to leave you with a quote here's something someone else said that we wish we said but since they said it we don't have to say it and they said it better anyway so here's heather's quote i saw this And I saved it because I love it in so many ways. A bird sitting in a tree 
is not afraid of the branch breaking because her trust is not in the branch, but in her own wings. Oh, isn't that lovely? That is lovely. That's a nice way to end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your branch might break and it might fall to the ground. It does not mean that you do. You have the strength in your wings. You have everything that you need to rebuild your life. And if you're in a place where you think there might be something better for you, fly towards it. Should we play some Bette Midler now, I think? <laughs> the wind beneath my wings. Until next time. Bye! Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.